This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. One of the most successful health campaigns in Australia was launched by the Cancer Council in 1981. Remember Sid the Seagull? Sitting bare-chested on a tractor at the start of the video clip? He sang to us the three easy ways to protect against skin cancer. Slip on a shirt, slop on sunscreen, and slap on a hat. The campaign certainly made us Aussies more aware of the importance of protecting our skin from the sun. But why is it that 80% of newly diagnosed cancers are still skin cancers? I asked Dr. David Lester, a Horsham GP specialising in skin cancer, more about it. Basal cell cancer makes up the vast majority of skin cancers. Australia has an extraordinary incidence of, of skin cancer full stop, but particularly that one. And Australian incidence of, of skin cancer leads the world. Incidence really isn't going down, it's sort of going up really as we're ageing. So Is it really? Yeah, well, a little bit, the demographics are a little bit different when it comes to melanoma, where melanoma rates in young people are dropping. But as the ageing population, as baby boomers get older, um, as so many aspects of their health get complicated, so does their skin. Okay, right. And of course, we do have a lot of sun in this country, the sunburned country. And the people who are listening to us, the farmers, spend a lot of time outside in the sun. What would you recommend people do to make sure that they don't end up with uh, deadly skin cancer? The most important thing is to protect skin in every way you can, in the way that you find least disagreeable. A lot of farmers I talk to push back pretty strongly against sunscreen because of dust and perspiration. But if you can find a way of just lessening your exposure, your risk will drop. One of the things I find is particularly problematic is that a lot of farmers will wait until summer to take protective protection, and that's really a bit too late. We know that one third the dose it takes to burn your skin will damage DNA in the skin. So all those minor exposures that you get that don't burn your skin are still doing some damage. So lessening trivial exposures helps. So SunSmart's advice is make a protective effort in some form or other when the UV is going to be three or greater. I used to be a mountaineer and we always used to wear long sleeves and a hat of course and even a mask to diminish the, the exposure to the sun which of course at high altitudes is pretty nasty. Exactly right. <laughs> So in an ideal world, farmers will be taking precautions every day of the year. It's tough when it's freezing, but it, it helps. And there's some fantastic fabrics now that you don't need much sunscreen, if any sunscreen. The farmer's tan is a classic thing, as I'm sure you've seen. Shorts, short sleeve shirt, and with a lot of forearm exposure, leg exposure. And so those sites are particularly dangerous. We don't see melanoma much on the hand, which is interesting, but we see it everywhere else pretty much. I've seen a farmer, a very old farmer, once without a nose. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's a grim thing. And that when noses get cancer, it's often basal cell cancer and they can be very aggressive. So I think one of the things that is very important is that whatever is happening on your skin, it gets diagnosed and put into the right pigeonhole. So is it a basal cell cancer? Is it some other type of cancer? Uh, is it a potentially life-endangering cancer? But um, you're right, to lose um, a lot of your nose, we see a lot of cancers on noses and ears. Uh, baseball caps um, have me discussing this point with farmers almost every consultation because 
baseball caps are a pretty hopeless form of protecting skin. Wearing a proper hat has merit. I'm somewhat mindful when I say that, that a lot of the old farmers who've worn a Cooper's their whole life still have very damaged facial skin. And that's really just because there's so much reflected UV off the environment and they just get these huge exposures, six, eight, ten hours a day. At the same time, you've got to get your D3 into your body, which means a little bit of sun exposure, but not too much. It's yeah. a balancing act, isn't it? That's right. And, and, and how much the sun do you need? Very little to get your D. The guidelines are along the lines of um, five to ten minutes face, face and forearms in the middle of the day. You only get vitamin D from UVB spectrum light. So if you go for a walk early in the morning and you think I'm getting a bit of exposure, you're not really getting vitamin D generation. But you need these very small exposures. And actually the more exposure you get, you actually start to downregulate your vitamin D generation. So more exposure doesn't produce more vitamin D. But really for it's a trip to the clothesline. One of the things we, we know as a risk factor when you shade skin, and this has been proven in a study in Queensland, but when you shade skin, um, your risk of dropping vitamin D goes up. So I think if you're very effective at protecting your skin, we know that this is a potential problem and from time to time you need to measure it. Okay, yeah. right, I guess that's why we have blood tests. From time to time I think that's, that's really worthwhile doing if you think I'm very careful in protecting my skin. Um, measuring that's a good idea. We're talking about tests here. How often or when do you recommend that farmers and people in general should have their skin checked for potential skin cancers? There's not uh, clear recommendations from expert bodies as to how to answer that question. We don't have this, the data that there is about breast screening and pap smearing and all of that type of screening. I think if, you're, if your burning history has been fairly bad, meaning you've had some severe sunburns or you've got a fairly high mole count, we know your risk of melanoma is significantly elevated. There'll be people whose mole count, average mole count stops at about 20, so if you've had more moles than that, you're of interest in getting your skin looked at. If you've had uh, a high occupational exposure, you're a roadside worker, farmer, um, tradesperson, you'd consider getting your, your skin checked even in your mid-30s. Melanoma predominantly and skin cancer predominantly affects older Australians, but melanoma is the, is the most common cancer in 29 to 45 year olds. So it's, they don't get much cancer full stop, but it does affect them this type of cancer. I've seen basal cell cancer on a 23 year old. Uh, so you, you can be quite young. So I think if, if your exposure has been pretty high, you're a bit of a moly person, some bad burnings, those patients should consider it. People with a family history of melanoma, so if you've had a parent with a melanoma or you have a sibling with melanoma, your risk is roughly double the background risk. So you'd consider it for those people. Once you've had a skin cancer, the convention is that we would look at you once a year. The, the main thing I, I think is, uh, we, we know that say with melanoma for instance, the, the patients find about half their melanomas and doctors find the other half. And so one of the one of the useful things about seeing a skin cancer practitioner is that we would strip you off, you get down to underpants. Uh, if you're a female, we give you a gown to put on just with your bra and underpants. So we know that getting you down to a significant level of undress helps you find stuff. I, if someone comes in for a face check, I, I almost always look at their back as well, just out of concern that we're missing something on the back. And pretty much every doctor working in my field finds stuff on backs that the patient wasn't aware of. I had a look at the cancer.org.au website and it stated that 
often the the skin cancers are in places which are not exposed to the sun, it's, you know, between toes or in places where the sun never goes. <laughs> that's true, that can really occur on any aspect of your skin. But you, your skin that's had most sun is most at risk. So for women, it's below the knee. Men's traditionally have been their back. We see an enormous number of cancers on the head and neck. And okay. um, that's to get a cancer on your head and neck is confronting. It's potentially disfiguring. They're more dangerous. Well, why are they more dangerous? Because they're closer to your brain? That's a great question. We, arteries, we, veins? Well... We know they metastasize more easily. Okay. So if you were to get a squamous carcinoma, which has a travel potential on your forearm, they just don't seem to move nearly as quickly as, as if they're on your head. So squamous carcinomas are the ones that farmers quite frequently get, and that's, it correlates with a high lifetime exposure, whereas melanoma has the biggest risk factor of being with infrequent bad burns. Squamous carcinoma goes with that high lifetime exposure, and they're just frequently on the head and neck. If I want to come and see you, do I need to get a referral from my GP? No. Um, the, the, the doctors that work Australian Skin Face Body have um, predominantly come from general practice backgrounds and we've trained in skin cancer medicine and surgery. So to see me, you don't need a referral. To see Mr Holton, you need a referral from the GP that can be your own GP. If I see something on you which is too severe and complicated for my level of skill, um, I would write a referral. So no, you don't need one. And it's also very important to have that service available in the Wimmera, which is really a long way from the big centres where you usually get this kind of service. Yes, well, I've been working for Australian Skin Face Body in Ballarat and Warrnambool a little bit in Geelong. And certainly my detection of skin cancer is is considerably greater in the Wimmera than it was at Warrnambool or Ballarat. And it's all the the jobs... uh, pretty much all rural trades and it's hot as you know so people are exposed and so yeah it, it, there's more cancer here than further south if you spot something that needs further attention what happens then if it's um clearly looks suspicious we would arrange to biopsy it. if if it clearly looks like a skin cancer we can often avoid biopsying it and just cut the thing out in toto and we arrange a time to do it. We'll try and avoid procedures where we don't really have to do them. Some spots are just a little bit bending of the rules where they just look minimally suspicious, but we don't want to just dismiss it for a year. And I'll ask you to come back. I'll photograph it using our magnification system and re-photograph it in three months and compare the two images. Okay, and then if it changes, you can take measures then. That's right, right. that's right. But I think suspicious things are... We'll, we can biopsy on the spot or we bring you back to biopsy. When things are clearly cancerous, we try and avoid giving you unnecessary procedures. If I've got a little cancer on my finger, you're not going to remove it straight away. I'll have to make another appointment and come back to do that? Uh, that's almost certainly true. I, for those patients who have travelled a significant distance, so if you've come from Eden Hope or Hopeton or somewhere uh, and you think, I've come all this way, do I really have to come back for a biopsy? We'll try and biopsy you on the day so that you get an answer pretty quickly and your next step can be planned and we can I'll sometimes have pictures of things sent to the practice and I'll occasionally be able to give you some guidance via email is do I need to see you how quickly do I need to see you so we're open to receiving pictures we can't make clear diagnosis just from pictures but we can get an idea of planning time that you might need we use Melbourne pathology which picks up a couple of times a week from here Melbourne Pathology has a very expert team in particularly skin diagnosis. So you you can be confident you get a a highly expert 
pathology service. We are in good hands here in the Wimmera now. Thanks, I All we need so. to do is to make an appointment and get that skin checked. Perhaps to just mention a couple of things about spotting dangerous lesions. Most melanomas don't happen in moles. They'll just happen straight away on a normal patch of skin. And by that I mean about 75% of melanomas really just emerge in non-pigmented skin. The thing that I would encourage patients to look for when they're just doing their own surveillance is looking for the new odd lesion. So we talk about the ugly duckling, the bad apple. So you're really trying to spot something on your skin which just looks out of place. So if you see a, uh, a spot, you think, well, that's new, that's of interest. If it's a spot, particularly if it's got poor symmetry and you think, I just don't think it looks like the other things, that's of great interest. It doesn't mean it's a melanoma. It just means it's of great interest. So being on the lookout for the new strange thing, and by strange, generally they're often two-coloured, and, okay. and you're seeing a lopsided lesion where you think, gee, I seem to be seeing a second thing happening in this spot. The other thing I encourage patients to do, particularly if they have a partner, is to have their partner look at their back from time to time because it's clearly your blind spot. They may well spot something on you that you're just completely unaware of. So you can do a lot of surveillance yourself, where you're just paying attention to what's happening on the front of your body. Hopefully there's someone that can look at the back of your body and you're particularly looking for the new thing, uh, but, but a new odd thing. That was Dr. David Lester, skin cancer specialist in Horsham. You will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes. Until next, have a healthy life, won't you? Farmer wants a healthy life.